0: No my Arimaiki Tana Hotaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Karen Hay with you this week for Wallace Chapman and on the program today we're asking if the COVID traffic light system will be over and out by next week and if it is, will you still be wearing a mask? Talking about slow fashion, what's that? And when it comes to parental leave, New Zealand has the fifth worst scheme in the world. Is that surprising to you? The white lady food truck gets a reprieve. If that went, it'd be like a heritage building going, wouldn't it? Or do you think it's just a magnet for riffraff? You can text me on 2101. And we have a case of mistaken identity where a woman in the UK called Liz Trussell gets mistaken for the new Prime Minister on Twitter. Uh, and even got sent uh, congratulations from the Swedish Prime Minister. So my question to you as listeners, have you ever been involved in a case of mistaken identity? Has someone come up to you and asked for your autograph thinking you're someone else or do you share a name with a celebrity? Any Michael Jacksons out there? You can text us on 2101 on any of our subjects today or anything you'd just like to talk about. We're very pleased to hear from you. And with us on the panel today in the studio with me, Paula Penfold, journalist. Kia ora. Kia ora. Nice to be here with you, Karen. Yeah, it's great to have people in the studio it's been so long it yeah feels. yeah
1: it makes a difference face to face i'm sorry that we don't get to meet wade face to face today yes
0: wade is out in Zoomland. wade jackson artistic director of the covert theater kia ora,
2: wade kia ora karen kia ora, paula
0: kia ora how is it where you
2: are oh, actually i'm actually at the theater so oh, you are
0: here. okay it's good yes that's, that's in Auckland. Day,
2: day one out of uh, yes it is and possibly day one out of isolation
0: Day one out of isolation. Have you had COVID, obviously?
2: I have, I did. It. it finally got me.
0: And okay, you got through it all right? I did indeed. Happy to hear that. Uh, it's now yes. thirteen minutes to four, and our first story, uh, like uh, quiet quitting and the Great Resignation, slow fashion—it's a new phrase on the block. And to put it simply, it's really just the opposite of fast fashion. Uh, but it's a movement that has followers all over the world. And if you happen to be in Auckland next month, there's a slow fashion festival taking place. And with us is Kim Yong, who's the organizer. Got to come. Hey, yeah. Uh, how you going? How you doing? So, Good, am thanks. I right in saying it's the opposite of fast fashion? Can you define it for us even further?
3: Yeah, yep, yeah, that's the, um, correct. So, it's exactly the opposite of fast fashion. It's just being more mindful and conscious of um, what you're purchasing, um, not just even clothing, but just um, everything that you buy day to day.
0: So, it could be new stuff. It's not just stuff that you'd get from the op shop.
3: Yeah, so it could be um, anything in terms of just um, ethical, sustainable fashion. So it doesn't necessarily have to be second hand. Um, it could be brands that are just more conscious about the production of their products and also like the, um, the end li- uh, life cycle of their product as well. And
0: so how does the festival pan out? What's going to be yeah. there besides a whole lot of racks of clothes and bits and bobs?
3: Yeah, so um, the Slow Fashion Festival was brought um, to life and uh, to bring together um, not just um, second-hand clothing, but also brands that have um, an awareness of um, being conscious. And um, so we've got a marketplace with over 60 sustainable holders and we've also got some speakers. So we've got some amazing speakers. We've got Kate Hall from Ethically Kate, as well as um, Andrea from All Things Considered and um, Jess from The Finder's Life, as well as um, some sustainable workshops. And we've also got a clothes swap happening as well.
0: What's the workshops, apparently yeah. uh, if you bring along a piece of clothing, something that you've got at home, and you think, I'm never going to wear that again, you can <laughs> take it along and it can be upcycled into something else. That's a great yeah. idea.
3: Yeah, yeah. So that's the workshop that's being run by Fashion Revolution New Zealand. You can um, bring an item from clothes uh, from home that you're that you don't wear anymore, or um, Dove Hospice uh, can also provide you a T-shirt to upcycle into something new.
0: Paula, what, what's the oldest piece of clothing in your wardrobe?
1: Uh, I've got quite a few old pieces of clothing, but the two that three that spring to mind are two amazing dresses that my next door neighbour once gave me that she had bought. Um, uh in Athens in the 1940s, and they're just incredible. And the other, my favourite thing, is a coat that I remember my mother buying in the 70s. It's a leather coat, and she saved and saved and saved and saved, and she gave it to me a few years ago, and it's my favourite treasured piece. Unfortunately, she was skinnier than I am. <laughs> I only occasionally get to wear it. <laughs> is it heavy? Leather can sometimes be quite heavy, can't it? It is quite heavy, but this, it's an incredible, beautiful, rich, caramel, tan colour, so it's just, it's divine, yeah.
0: What about you, Wade? Are you a conscious fashion consumer?
2: No, I just think I just don't update my fashion, which makes me now fashionable. I think. So um, <laughs> yeah, I've got. I've had a hoodie. I've had a hoodie for like over thirty years. A hoodie. Uh, I still wear. Yeah. Wow. Hoodie, yeah. And then. Um, what states you know, I, I still that in? Oh, it's pretty poor. I think the arms have now fallen off. So i just cut just cut them off. But um, <laughs> I use that for the gym. But then uh, I, I still actually got the shirt uh, coming up for eighteen years. I got married in, so uh, and it still fits. So um, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that a good yeah. shirt?
0: Is it or what? What kind of shirt's that? Please it describe a, it for us. Yeah, It was Crane Brothers.
2: Yes, Crane Brothers, tailored, tailored. Yep, so nice shirt. Nice shirt.
0: So it still fits yeah. you. That is good. Well, they, they, of course, they say that clothes reveal a lot about you. So what do you think they reveal about you, Wade?
2: Uh, that I'm cheap.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> just, I'd, have
0: to, yeah. I'd have to say that Kim would think that would be good. That's good, isn't it, Kim? Yeah, yeah.
3: definitely. I mean, the, I mean, the best thing, really, is to just wear what you already have rather than buying stuff, even if it is um, sustainable or pre-loved. Um, the best thing is always just to use what you already have. What about people
0: who just think, well, I really like that, uh, you know, that, those trousers, that dress, I've got my eye on it, those shoes, um, you know, like the old days. Uh, what's your advice to them? How do, how do you think about going along to a shop? Do you have to just investigate its background?
3: Um, in terms of um, buying where new?
0: It, yeah, where it came from and, you know, what it's made out of and all of that sort of thing. That's a lot of research, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
3: So For actually, the impulsive shopper. Um, yeah, definitely. So one of our speakers, um, Andrea, she founded a platform called All Things Considered, which actually is a big, um, pretty much like a big like directory of um, the common brands that you find in the mall and online. And um, they put it in a very easy um, to read way like the normal person, um, to see what brands are ethical and sustainable. Um, and it's called All Things Considered. So if you're interested in um, purchasing more sustainably or ethically, that's a great platform to start, start Can you give
0: with. us top three off the top of your head? Or perhaps we don't want in to hear the of bottom brands? three.
3: Yeah, we're oh, good. <laughs> yeah, um, we've got, I mean, in terms of brands, there's a lot of good ones in New Zealand. A lot of New Zealand-made um, brands are great. Um, I would say, um, well, from the top of my head, um, there's a great um, activewear brand that actually is going to be at our um, festival called Ebb and Flow, which is a sustainable um, activewear brand. Um, and also, for me, I actually love buying pre loved. There's a lot of um, Instagram resellers at the moment that um, source vintage and pre loved clothing. Um, so that's also a great way to um, buy secondhand if you don't really want to s- search through the op shop. Right,
0: pre-loved such a lovely phrase, isn't it, Paula? Mm-hmm. pre-loved, you've got a pre-loved leather jacket. <laughs> yeah, <I have. laughs>
1: yeah, and you know, and my daughter in particular likes to shop that way. It's it's such an important um, that I like the sound of that. All Things Considered site because. You know, the issue, the issues are serious, aren't they, in terms of fast fashion and the exploitation of labour internationally. And, you know, w- when you see a t shirt that arrives in New Zealand and retails for, you know, five or ten dollars, you've got to ask the question, how on earth did that get here for that price? Yeah, but then exactly. the difficulty arises, doesn't it, Kim, of, you know, uh, of privilege and, you know, affordability and, mm-hmm. and, And that's a difficult one to navigate in terms of your ethical choices versus what your budget is, right?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, fast fashion is obviously very accessible for a lot of people. um, And to be able to purchase more sustainably, naturally the prices are a little bit more because obviously with the um, ethical production line, Um, but yet All Things Considered makes it a little easier for you to be able to search which brands um, are more conscious about how they're producing their um, products.
0: Very good, Cam. Thank you very much. And it's on on the 8th of October at uh, the Barfoot and Thompson Netball Centre in Takapuna.
3: Yes, that's right. And you can purchase tickets um, on EventFinder.co.nz.
0: Thanks, Cam. Good luck with it. I hope it goes well. Thank
3: you. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, there's a text here for you, Paula. Um, Hi, Karen. I worked with Paula's mum in the late 70s architect's <laughs> office. She may have worn your jacket when I knew her back then. Oh, <laughs> cool. That's so cool. <laughs> that was from Wendy. So, nice one. Yeah, your she ja- knows the colour of it exactly in that case, yeah. Uh, your jacket's been around. <laughs> it has. <is. laughs> uh, it's coming up five minutes to four and I've been thinking, let's start with you seeing you're sitting opposite me, Paula. What have you been thinking about? I've been thinking about our collective civic responsibility in
1: the lead-up to the local body elections. And this comes off the back of uh, a piece that we published a few weeks ago, three weeks ago. Uh, I work for Stuff Circuit, which is an investigative team at Stuff, and we published a documentary called Fire and Fury. And off the back of that, we looked at um, moves by some organisations to uh, infiltrate, in a way, local body. the local body election process. The lead, the lead organisation in that regard is called Voices for Freedom. But... Um, Off the back of that, there's been some really incredible reporting by my colleagues around the country looking at individual candidates who have put themselves forward for election in local bodies. And I'm just looking at one from one of my Wellington colleagues and the headline is, Council candidate wanted top US health official executed. Seriously? Seriously. And so this is a candidate at the Hutt City Council and one of the conspiracy theories that that one has been promoting uh, is that police are protecting prominent paedophiles Um, Another one has described people who are vaccinated as lab rats. And there are many conspiracy theories that are finding their way through to these people who are putting themselves forward for local body elections. So the thing is, you know, that we'll do as much reporting as we can. But I think that, you know, it's we are all responsible individually for finding out what we can and asking candidates what their views are, what they represent, Uh, especially when off the back of all this reporting, we can see that there are efforts by candidates and instructions to candidates who are affiliated to some of these groups to scrub their social media. So now and in the future, probably these candidates will be a bit more careful about hiding their conspiratorial views and their affiliations. And so it becomes it comes back onto us as individuals to make sure we know who we're voting for because there is A real threat and challenge to local and regional and central democratic processes through this uh, undeclared affiliation.
0: Very wise, but will we? That's the question. But, That's the thing. People
1: yeah. are pretty, yeah, pretty laxadaisical and not that interested in local government. But I guess my appeal is that you really need to be because, uh, because the processes are really under threat at the moment and the messages that are going out, as you've just heard, are quite concerning.
0: And Wade Jackson, what's been on your mind?
2: Well, we've got a, a show opening up. Tomorrow night, a sketch comedy show. First time I've done a sketch in many, many years, and uh, the, it's kind of actually linked to what Paul is saying because uh, the opening sketch is actually a song um, called the uh, Dunning-Kruger Effect, which is all about where your confidence outweighs your competence. People aren't smart enough to realise that they're not smart. Nice uh, sequence. So that's kind of been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of because I was just I was reading a reading a study where they said. Um, uh, they had about uh, 4, 4% four of people said that um, they were right. If they had a disagreement with somebody, they were right, prepared to say that they were right less than um, half, the, half the time. 14% said they were about right half the time, and 82% said that they were right all the time. Hmm. So um, how, how, how do we know when we're actually suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect?
0: And how does Silence of the Sheeple deal with that?
2: Yeah. Well, we we kind of um, with humour. <laughs> we kind of portray. Yeah, well, with humour, we kind of portray the people who um, like go on to things like uh, singing competitions, not realising they can't sing because no one's told them. <laughs> or mm-hmm. uh, people who get people who uh, love you know who fight you in the comments section uh, without trying to sing the song. I think some of the lyrics are something like you know he'll fight you in the comments section because his own opinion gives him an erection kind of thing. Oh.
0: So um,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's that kind of. Uh, we, we, we attack it. We, we, we attack it. Well, with comedy, I guess you can attack with a rubber sword, but we, okay. uh, yeah, we just poke fun at the fact that um, uh, many of us are too dumb to realise that we're too dumb.
0: Yeah, and they won't realise, they, I say we, won't realise even if we're listening yeah. to it, will we? The Dunning-Kruger
2: effect. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Yeah, we'll just be going like, aha, those people, people. they lack intellectual humility, yes.
0: Wade Jackson, Artistic Director of the Covert Theatre and Paula Penfold, my guests, will be back after the news.